Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno and Nick. What it do, I'm Bruno, and this is my childhood friend and co-host, Nick at Night. How you doing, Nick? Nick at Night? Oh, man. I, I wasn't a Nick at Night guy, and I'm good, thank you, by the way. But <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I, I, I watched all the Nicks as a kid. Nick Jr., Nickelodeon. Oh. Nick at night, you know, I was there for I Love Lucy. Totally. Yeah. I think I think you fell I think you as you you fell into one of two categories. You were either a Nickelodeon kid or you were a Disney kid. Maybe you had both. I did. I was lucky enough. I was one of those spoiled kids that right. had the full, you know, cable programming, you know, the mm-hmm. deluxe package programming. But I I definitely preferred Nickelodeon. I, I think it just had that edge. That Nick you know, is kids. Yeah. It re- <laughs> Nick is kids. I mean, <laughs> my, I feel like our, our childhood, you know, has, was just super amazing. Maybe because yeah. everyone's feels that their childhood is super amazing, or maybe it's just because ours really was because we grew up in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been friends since the third grade. Yeah. Playing video games, uh, you know, during recess, you know, on the the one blacktop that we had that was very poorly paved. <laughs> I mean, they they tried their best and uh, we, we made the most of it. Or we were in the recess room slash cafeteria. There was a dual pur- purpose room. A multi-purpose room. Yeah, that was a multi-purpose uh, room. A little bit of everything. Yep. Yeah, whatever. It's, it was really whatever you wanted it to be. It, it, I think yeah, that's the only limit the was your imagination. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> and our, and our budget, you know, <laughs> imagine imagination and budget are, are pretty much everyone's limit. Right. You know, of course. But um, yeah. Hey, yeah. Happy to be here. Episode awesome. number two. We made it. We did. We did. I think yeah. we're going to slowly get into the groove of things and it's mm-hmm. only going to get better from here. So I'm excited to see how things progress. Yeah, and we wanted to kind of uh, elaborate a little bit more because we realized that a lot of you may not be familiar with who we are and kind of get a little bit more in depth with, uh, you know, our background. And uh, we, we kind of went on a little tangent there about the about the grade school years. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Tell us more about yourself, Bruno. Well, I so I'm I'm a designer. I'm a designer and a motion graphic artist. So I produce a lot of videos and animation and and uh, do a lot of design work but I, I my love is obviously gaming you know that's where I spend my free time that's what I'm doing in the evenings when I'm not hanging out with my wife I am right there playing some Fortnite. that's what I've been playing lately I've just been really into that um, mm-hmm. what about yourself are you into uh, any games right now yeah, I've been playing a lot. Like I had been talked about in, in the last episode, my kind of crusade over the last uh, year or so has been to kind of force myself to catch up on on single player experiences that I've kind of yeah. uh, not had a chance to play over the years because I, I used to sink so many game hours into games like Fortnite and uh, and Overwatch and like that kind of thing where it's just the same thing. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it, it is what it is. Like I'm playing it because I'm enjoying it, but. Um, and so lately I've been playing a lot of, uh, I've been picking up Jedi or uh, Star Wars, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. How have you liked that? Um, it's been, it's been really good. It's a solid single player experience 
And I, I'm I I really think that it's sending the right message to EA that you know the, the single player experience with no DLC or you know crazy loot boxes attached to it yeah. can still can still work as a uh, as a model of revenue. So uh, it's a great game. The motion capture is awesome. Uh, when I was playing it, my wife was like instantly like like intrigued by it. And I, I realized it's because the guy that plays the uh, plays the main character, he was a character. Uh, he was an actor, a motion captured actor from Gotham. I think he was in. Oh, okay. So he, he was the Joker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, yeah. It, it escapes me, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a really cool game. But that's kind of been my goal lately is uh, to hop into those experiences because I think uh, in terms of just nostalgia and what I remember the most about loving about playing games as a kid is those first time experiences. And mm. I, 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 think I get that more with a really well crafted single player game. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't been giving myself as many opportunities uh, to try them. So that's been kind of my goal right now. I'm playing uh, also uh, uh, one of the Wolfenstein games. Oh yeah. Which, which one? Is, uh, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Okay. Which is, it's okay. I mean, a lot of these things I'm buying cause it's like, Hey, I got it on sale for 10 bucks. Why not? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but and you get uh, those on Stadia, right? Mostly, I'm buying games on Stadia right now. Yeah, and Do you have uh, any, uh, yeah. like Game Pass type thing, or where you can get free game free games or anything like that. So their model right now is probably more akin to like uh, if you did a uh, Games with Gold thing back in the day, which they're still doing with Microsoft yeah, or yeah, PS yeah. Pro, where the longer that you're subscribed to their premium service. Um, you get a certain number of free games every month. And I mean, they, they, they vary in quality. Sometimes it can be just, you know, a couple of indie titles. But like I I, um, I posted in our group uh, in January, they gave away uh, F1 2020, oh, uh, yeah. which I, I was very quick to snap up because that game with 60 frames a second and, and low load times, um, you know, both and I, both you and I are uh, uh, kind of and you're, you're you're into it more than I am, but you got me into it. Yeah, um, F1 yeah, racing. The, yeah, season three of um, sur- what is it? Drive to Survive on Netflix is coming out very soon. I need to so, watch that. Have, yeah. have you not seen any of the Netflix series? No, but you told me, and it oh. it, it makes sense because it would kind of help give me some context for you know why the why the race cars go burr. It does. It really yeah. does, and it's a really good. Netflix series not to go off on a tangent or anything mm-hmm. but if you're a fan of racing movies or you know cars in general and just drama I think this series has it all it's got everything and you really get to know the drivers which is something you know I've talked about this before with uh, our buddy Brad and said that you don't really get this type of intimacy with these drivers that you, that you do in F1 that you would in other sports. I don't know who half the roster is on all these football teams, but there's only 20 guys out on a track in F1. Right. And there's only 10 teams that you have to worry about because there's two drivers per team. So you really get a, you really grow with these with these guys and learn a lot about them in the sport just by watching the the Netflix series. So I would recommend it for anyone that's interested or just likes that type of that type of stuff. Okay, so big question: uh, your your favorite memory in gaming and why? 
Oh, man. I think one of my favorite memories in gaming is the times where we spent on the weekends or birthday parties or whatever, whatever it may have been and played GoldenEye 007. Oh, yeah. Split screen on a small tube TV. Mm hmm. All the, I mean, everyone sitting around. It was, it was, it was lit as yeah. a kid. It, it, you got so hype. God forbid anyone pick Odd Job or <laughs> it, was, it was banned. You couldn't he, do that. You can't pick him. That's that's he's yeah. off limits. We're gonna just yeah, go no ahead and job. put that right now. Right. But that's probably one of my. I mean, I've got others like I really remember gathering together with you and the rest of the guys and, and going over things like, you know, how do we get to this, this section of, of the game, whether it's in legend of Zelda or Mario, or how did you beat this? Because yeah. now there are so many walkthroughs and guides that there, it really takes the guesswork out of it. But back then you had to talk to your friends if you wanted to figure out how to get to this next part, if you couldn't do it, you know, if right. someone else, figured it out first. Awesome. But mm -hmm. you oftentimes needed to collaborate with people. And I think that often either now as an adult, we we've lost that, you know, we just have lives and whatnot. So being a, you know, that type of uh, background and being able to be around with your buddies and on a terrible TV, that's way too small. You're yeah. like, how in the world did I game on this? Right. <laughs> Yeah, in hindsight, it's like, man, and yeah, we're playing split screen, so it's even tinier. Mm. And like the frame rate on that game was horrible when you go down to, you know, uh, two or more players. So it's like, yeah, you really you were really there for the I don't know. I just that you were enjoying the game and, and the company of others so much that you just you didn't see the faults of what you were oh, playing. Yeah. Right. And I because think that was a yeah. lot of games, too. Yeah. You know, now we're we're so invested in in the graphics or mm -hmm. the frame rate any little drop in quality is so noticeable but back then those i i remember mario 64 and thinking wow graphics are never going to get better like this is it this, this is this the peak it. this is this we've is it. it we've done it we've we've <laughs> we've reached the moon there's nowhere <laughs> left to go there's yep. I, I, it was, how do we where do we go once we've broken through the glass ceiling of gaming? Right. And <laughs> I, it, you look back on it and you look at even the controller design and you think to yourself, mm -hmm. why? How? Why? Like, why was this? Who thought that this was yeah. this is the best way to go about it? Like yeah. who looked at Raphael's sigh and said, let's make that a controller. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they were like, you know, let's yes, yeah. let's just uh it only needs one joystick. We only need one. Right. And let's make it so that you you would actually need a third hand mm -hmm. to to actually use the D-pad. Yeah. So I don't that's really what we needed. They were this was an evolutionary controller design, obvi obviously. Right. Designed for aliens with three arms who can yeah. simultaneously use the joystick and the D-pad. Right. But we as mere humans had to had to pick and choose. Unless you did the claw maneuver. 
You would have to. I've I've seen people carry that through to. Aren't you a claw guy? I will claw certain games if I need to um, hit the shoulder button and the trigger like simultaneously, like in uh, in Overwatch. Like whenever I'm playing as Mercy, the way that her her button configuration is set up, I will claw it so that I'm like hitting the. uh, I've got my index finger on the on the shoulder button, but then my middle finger on the trigger. But yeah, like I, my my favorite thing about the that controller was how the L button, the, right? There, there was no practical way to press it. No way. No like way. it it was there because it needed to be, and mm-hmm. no other reason. And so, um, yeah, because very few games had a reason to use the D pad because everyone was all about, about that freedom of movement that came with uh, with 3D gaming. Yeah. But yeah, that's great, man. So my one of my most profound memories in gaming, and this might shock you, it involves you. Hit me with uh, so it. we're we're gonna we're gonna have a take a trip down memory lane. I'm ready. We were always Cast, I'm ready you know, to go. Both Bruno and I for the audience, both Bruno and I went to a pretty strict private school, like mm. uh, interdenominational the strictest faith. Yeah, I mean, you know, uniforms and all that kind of thing. Not like a Catholic school, but like the next the next step above that, right? So You're above that. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of like uh it's not quite as strict. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. yeah. So like we weren't we weren't getting you know whipped when we when we did something wrong. No. Um, no. Well, I mean they verbally. they did threaten us with that. Yes. They did, but we I never got. We were good I, little boys. I, I heard there was a I heard there was a paddle with holes in it, so I never wanted to see that. <laughs> did you hear that too? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the fear <laughs> I think that's alone. something the uh, older kids yeah. told us to make us right. fear going to the principal's the, office, but fear God, yeah. So um, of course because of the rules, you couldn't really like bring uh, electronics into class and that kind of thing. And of course, at that age, we're all big into gaming. Now, the the console that kind of ruled the roost at that time was the Game Boy. And I mean, the OG, like brick, you can throw it off a 25 story building Game Boy dot matrix display. Oh, yeah. And it won't get right. So um, that was kind of the, the standard Holocaust type. of Oh, thing. yeah. Yeah. My, mine literally just survived falling into the toilet without any kind of uh, rice or anything. But that's yeah, it, they, they were they were units. But anyway, so for whatever reason, they usually allowed us to bring those into the what they call before and after care where they, we could you could get dropped off. Remember that? Oh, yeah. In the multi-purpose oh, room, right? Yep. The and that was kind room. of like, yeah, that was kind of like a hangout time for the people that were fortunate enough to, to be there because you could actually hang out with your friends and do whatever. And they would let us play Game Boy or whatever we had. And so, as uh, as you know, Bruno, but maybe some of my listening audience doesn't, I'm a huge fan of the Mega Man series. Oh, yeah. Can't get enough of it. I, I, to this day, I will still randomly just hop on to one of the, one of the legacy collections and just play through a couple games like on Twitch. I almost I, I played through like every Mega Man game except for one before I burned sure out. Yeah. So, but I was used to playing it on the NES. Um, we never got a Super Nintendo. I went straight to the Nintendo sixty four from there. So there was kind of a time time frame yeah. where all I had at home was the NES, and I played Mega Man two and Mega Man three. Rented those games over and over and over again. And I'll never forget when you brought the Game Gear to school oh, one yeah. day. Yeah. And I mean, as as dumb of a thing as the Game Gear was in hindsight, you know, just that literally a, a small TV that ate six AA batteries. Oh, like like it was horrible. nothing. Absolutely yeah. horrible battery life. Yeah. yeah, but we we still saw it for what it was, you know, as a, as this revolutionary color. I can play in the dark though. 
That was yeah, the thing I couldn't do with Game Boy. Right. Unless you had the backlit or the uh, the little light thing, the light kit that came with it. Yeah, and I remember, I, I don't know if it was your Game Gear or someone else's that they brought, but they had Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh, yeah, I had that. There. And I mean, we, everyone would just crowd around that thing and wait for their turn. And it was like a proving grounds of like who could get the furthest in this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. I remember like once somebody got to like the second zone, it was a hard game. And everyone's like, oh, man, we've never been here before. And like that kind of thing. Oh, but yeah. For, yeah. For you specifically, you had the Mega Man Game Gear game. Mm, I remember and that. Yeah, and it was it was like a it was like a a combination of some of the later Mega Man games that I hadn't played, and so I just thought that was the coolest thing ever that like there was this new Mega Man game on the Game Gear. Eventually, I did get one, but I mean, I would always spend my time playing it um, tethered to the wall. Oh yeah, you're not gonna like I, even as a kid, I'm like six AA battery shouldn't go that fast. Yeah. Oh well, I yeah. I mean, that was that was the thing back then was the game gear and Sega did a really good job of competing with Nintendo, you know, with every step of the way Um, they, the, the Sega Genesis, I was like you, I, I didn't really have a super Nintendo. I had Nintendo and then I got a Sega Genesis. And then the next thing after that was the Nintendo 64. Uh, and okay. uh, I ended. I did end up getting a Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. I, I was. I did get a Dreamcast, and that was a, an amazing console. Yeah, but bad timing. Just bad. Yeah. Timing. It's just. It it's just all work it was out. Just bad yeah. timing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty amazing how this technology has come so far that we're playing things on the Nintendo Switch that has a better battery life than the game gear did. Yeah. You know, with uh six double a batteries, mm-hmm. but they tried, they, um, they came out with something that was so different than what Nintendo was doing. The N- Nintendo came out with game boy color and that was really amazing, but it still wasn't backlit. They didn't have backlit gaming until the Game Boy Advance, right? The Game Boy Advance SP, because oh. the original Game Boy Advance, which was like that handheld, like yes. model, was not backlit. It wasn't. I remember a, that the SP came out that like flip phone version. Yeah, I, and it, and it was uh, rechargeable at that point too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's... It's, it's nuts. I mean, it really is. I mean, you 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 have to you have to almost have every single Game Boy console to really see how they've developed it through the years because there were so many little iterations between Nintendo 3DS and Nintendo DSi and the, just the regular DS. So they really changed, and I knew, I knew back when the 3DS they said well, we're not going to make any more. I knew that the switch was on the way that, that it was going to be this mobile type of gaming console that was a hybrid. And I think that that mentality is shifting. Like we said in the previous episode uh, with things like game pass game pass is going to be available everywhere you go. It already is available on Android and it will be available on iOS later this year. Yeah. So with things like Google Stadia and things like the Game Pass, 
mobile gaming is is the future of gaming you know being able to game on the go that's where it's at yeah and it's been cool i i picked up a um one of those kind of retro emulation devices um that like has a bunch of you know game boy you name it games on there game yeah boy like Color. the pie exactly like yeah. yeah right running off of like a, a small uh, android engine um and it's shaped like a like an old school like game boy advance and i mean as simple as those games were man it it's it's there's a there's a simple joy to that type of gaming that uh, I don't think we'll ever be able to truly recapture. And and part of me always wonders, well, how much of that is just the nostalgia of it, of re- the way I remembered it. But then you play, you know, like classics, like, you know, uh, uh, the Super Mario Land games. Oh, love that. I had a blast replaying those, man. Yeah, remember that one with Wario, the, the seven golden coins or whatever? I do remember that. I remember you had yeah. that one specifically. Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, just uh, a lot, of, a lot of good memories. But yeah, I mean, it's looking to the future. It's all about, uh, it's all about mobile access to games, which is what something we'll kind of get into with, uh, with our news articles. Exactly. So let's go ahead and cut to a commercial break really quickly, and then we'll be back with the news of the week. And welcome back. So we've got uh, a couple of news articles here lined up for you about uh, the week in review. What do you got uh, for and- me? Well, I got some interesting ones. I, I think this is a good conversation piece. The first one is, uh, and this comes from GamerBraves.com, uh, Gamer talking Braves. about the yeah, talking about the top ten free to play games and how much money they made in 2020. Of course, free to play gaming in general, both mobile and uh, you know games that have a free to play offering on console and PC, uh, are such a large percentage of the market right now. I believe in totally. terms of revenue, it's uh, the article shows it's over 50 percent. Wow. Of, uh, yeah, it's just people, you know, free to play is uh, usually not free to play, but people choose to uh, monetize it in very different how ways. much of that 50% is Fortnite. So that's an actually a very interesting thing about the article, because I think if you asked a lot of people, like if there was a family feud question of, you know, top five answers are on the board, name a popular free to play game. Yeah. You know, you would think that Fortnite would make the list, but interestingly enough they didn't so the top 10 games yeah the top 10 games made 18 billion dollars in 2020 collectively 18 billion dollars that's i mean i i can't give me anything like over seven figures and i can't even i I just can't i mean you know i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't really need any more than 17 billion dollars myself so Uh, you're very modest and that's why i am yeah and i'm very frugal person so can really tighten your belt yep Really, yeah, I, yeah I, I'd really be able to to just do what I just kind of live my life with 17 billion. Yeah, you know, don't need to be Elon Musk, just E little Musk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, interestingly enough, the top 10 games, uh, Fortnite's not on the list. And they do kind of allude to like, hey, you know, obviously it's unusual that Fortnite is not on this list. But don't forget, there was the big controversy with Apple delisting Fortnite, yeah um and i'm sure that had to be a major percentage of their revenue oh for um, sure and, and of course as much as they kind of clapped back at them with that ad that they ran um yeah i mean it's not it's 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 surprising but not surprising they so they've been uh apple's been sending out or excuse me uh fortnite's been sending out all this apple gear to to these influencers trying to get them to speak out basically and speak up for 
Epic and try to get them to rethink their ways, their uh, reconsider how much their the revenue that they're taking from developers and whatnot for being on the app store. So right. they're actually we were you know it's, we were talking about this with the previous episode about these companies reaching out to influencers and using influencers as marketing techniques and ways to raise support for their cause. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a shame. And you can kind of see, I'm sure they're looking at the numbers of being like, I mean, it, it just makes fiscal sense for them to kind of put some money into a, a su- sustained pressure campaign to try and uh, and get get Apple to change their tune. Um, but I mean, Apple is just notorious in general for being like, this is our stance and we're sticking with it. Yeah. Um, Stadia had the same problem and still has the same problem where they can't release an, an official app because of their guidelines on like streaming services. Hmm. Um, I don't know if Game Pass has run into that problem, but they, they eventually circumvented it by just having you go to a website in order to access the service. Ah. Um, well, so it's but, not out. Yeah. So the Game Pass isn't out yet for iOS. So it will be right. interesting to see how, if that's added to the store, I guess I would assume that they're going to go through the app store, especially with all the kerfuffle around uh, Epic and, yeah. and Stadia. So. Yeah, you got to come correct with Apple, but even then they can they can change their tune. It's it's a shame, um, but uh, I think ultimately the the consumer will decide. You know that as a gamer, um, if, uh, you know what their choice of, of device is going to be. But uh, yeah, so that that going back to the article, that's uh, that's kind of the, the big reason cited is why they didn't make the list. Gotcha. So I mean, the list has kind of a a, a smattering of different games that you've probably seen in ads before. Number 10, Dungeon Fighter Online. Number nine, and I know you've seen these ads too, Gardenscapes. Gardenscapes. I think I have this. Is this ones where you just randomly create or tap on flowers? Basically, it's like that that butler guy that's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to make it all look pretty. And like it's it's still going like they've had all these different iterations. But I guess I mean, you know, as far as like just casual idling games. Yeah, I can get why they're downloaded. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know, or if you're not a gamer, if you're not a gamer and you're just mm-hmm. trying to get into the world of gaming, I guess mobile games yeah. are easy enough to really get into. There's only so much functionality that you can really have. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I it's one of those things where it's it's a part of the industry. The numbers don't lie. And, you know, you have you have certain people that kind of take hard stances on it, maybe to be controversial, like uh, Dr. Disrespect, yeah, who has been openly defiant in like pointing out and mocking people that play, you know, mobile games, um, like both streamers and competitively. But at the same time, it's like wait, it, wait, wait, wait. there are mobile competitive gaming like there's mobile. Com- there are. And I, I'm. Not 100% sure on exactly how it plays out. But the beef that he got into was with um, a Call of Duty player who plays Call of Duty Mobile. Mm, and okay. there's some kind of league behind that because I know that I know that they like to have their competitive game scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I also uh, I know PUBG runs a lot of tournaments and events. Um, that has a very strong mobile presence because it's actually a very good mobile game. It's it's interesting, you know, that uh, some people will actually take the time to like become proficient in like touchscreen controls. I know yeah, I really. Could. 
um, they, they drive me up a wall. But uh, yeah, it's kind of becoming its own little thing. So how many of these on the list are mobile games? Most of them or? Most of them are, yeah. So And some of them are games that are both mobile and PC free-to-play games. Um, it it kind of seems like to make it on the list, you've got to be at least a mobile game because that's just where the, the, the free-to-play money is coming from. So I'm going to make my prediction now. Okay. Is I, And maybe I would have to say Among Us has to be on this list somewhere it's not no Why? it's a free-to-play game mobile which is if you're not playing you know among us and you want to know what it's all about grab the mobile game because the mobile game is free you have to pay on everything else but this one's right. free yeah and i don't know if it's just because maybe they aren't you know it it's it's popular but not like crazy viral sensation you mm. know it, it could be a flash in the pan thing Maybe their monetization. I'm not even sure. They just sell like DLC cosmetics, right? I believe so. Yeah. So maybe they just aren't, you know, I don't know. But I mean, time will tell. But Among Us also didn't really peak in popularity until kind of mid to late 2020, I want to say. Yeah, that's when, true. when it started to get some traction. So and that's something to factor in, too, because also the the very big game right now. Have you heard of Genshin Impact? I have actually, and I've played it. It's very good. A free to play game, but I mean, even on Reddit, like it's poster making the top of all, all the time of people playing this game. It it's really becoming a uh, it, it, its own thing. Um, Which, by the way, if you haven't played Genshin Impact, it's very much like Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. So it's the the same type of game mechanics and RPG style gameplay. So if you're into that, then you'll really like Genshin Impact. And it's very well thought out and it's an easy to play and pick up game. So it's a lot of fun. Not a sponsor, but hey, Genshin Impact, if you want to, if you, you know, you want to, <laughs> you know, we can ca- call our people. Yeah. Well, I don't know who them. our people are, but call them. Yep. Um, we'll, we'll yeah. People. But one of the things that it also mentions is like that game is so wildly successful and yet it didn't make the list because it came out. Um, in the last quarter of 2020 so probably next year that that will that i I think that's going to take the number one spot um it's very very popular so what else on this list oh man it's a list i can't believe this at number seven candy crush saga oh my original thing i've been seeing ads they had a whole they had a whole like holiday special like holiday for like the for the next five weeks or something like that. Wow. They said this was during Christmas time, but they had a, like a five week holiday special where you they were advertising on TV and yeah. had tons of hype behind this. I didn't even think Candy Crush was still a thing. I was it's like, people still, still play thing. this, really? Yeah, because usually a lot of these mobile games like they'll spawn offshoots to try and get people into the next their next thing. But not these guys. And, and I know they have created offshoots of Candy Crush. But uh, yeah, still going. So that's number seven. Number, number seven. six, League of Legends. 1.75 wow. billion. It's, uh, it's still kind of the 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 king of free-to-play MOBAs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I I dabbled in it for a very short time when I had some friends that were into it. But I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get the full hook. Yeah, you know? I, I've I've tried to watch people play it, and it's fun because it's got a lot of colors. Yeah, and I like you know it's very similar to Overwatch in that respect. I'm like, ooh, look at all the colors, 
But at the you know at the end of the day, I have no clue what's going on, and so I people just yell at me whenever I've played. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you know they've done a better job in recent years of making it more accessible to people that don't understand the genre. Yeah, um, because it's a very specific style of play. But uh, yeah, there you go. So that that's there. Now this is this is mind blowing. Number five is Pokemon five. Go. Wow. Yeah. Pokemon Go. And that I'm surprised it didn't make higher on the list. I mean, these are the big guys. So I'm yeah. I'm just I'm gonna be baffled at number one. I'm sure I am. But Pokemon right. Go five still going strong, even during a pandemic. Yeah. So they had a very smart model and, and a lot of the uh kind of augmented reality style games really struggled this year because of the pandemic. They all had to kind of adapt to be like, okay. How do we how do we sustain a game like this in a world where people really don't go outside like they used to or yeah. meet up socially, right? Um, and Pokemon Go did a very good job of being like, hey, you know, you can jump to certain locations and join your friends um, or invite your friends to raid with you and that kind of thing. So they did find ways to innovate, and I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. People are still picking this game up. Uh, what? Oh, oh, wow! It's so it's been four and a half years. So do you think that they'll keep these game mechanics or they will switch back to the normal ones or the old ones? I don't think I don't think you can switch back if I'm thinking from like a business perspective, because players are going to be so spoiled and, and kind of coddled by all these extra mechanics that let them play from home that it's going to be really tough to be like, hey, let's go full summer of 2016 again. And have roaming mobs of people that I mean that that'll never happen again. But ugh, the mem- the memories. Hey, my wife and I take walks often at parks, and before the pandemic, we we still saw groups of people hanging out, people yeah. walking with their phones out, uh, stopping every once in a while. We knew they were playing Pokemon because it was like maybe like a dad and a son or something. So you, you could totally see when someone's playing Pokemon Go on the Go and they were it's still very popular so mm-hmm. what's what's let's let's keep moving on this list oh, what yeah. do we, what do we got here number 4 I've not heard of it's called Garena Free Fire I couldn't tell you the first thing about it it's a game people are people are paying for it what is it what does it look like what's the they don't have any details on it so I couldn't tell you really anything and the article doesn't really go into detail so wow. okay. you know uh i, I couldn't somebody's tell you playing it. somebody's playing yeah it. but number three and this is like i i i can't make myself try this game it's roblox 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 wow. yeah 2.2 billion dollars in revenue you know i i i've seen roblox i've heard of roblox I don't think I would ever. I, 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 it's just not. It's not marketed towards us. I think. Oh, it's, definitely not. It's like Minecraft for little. Well, not that Minecraft isn't for little kids or or video games aren't. But this one is like seems like uh, the what's that? What's uh, Legos like Duplo? It's like Duplo. Oh, the bigger version. Or, yeah, yeah, it was Duplo. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. the Duplo or the Playmobil of Minecraft, so to speak. Right. Like, okay, we got you. Yeah, whenever so, I see videos of it, it's like uh, uh, like hide and seek or something like that, and I'm just like, okay. Um, I know Donkey's done a couple like parody videos with Roblox, but 
obviously it's had a lot of of impact on the younger generations. Kind of how I realized that Roblox had made it big recently before even reading that article was I was at the supermarket and right at the checkout stand right next to where you swipe, there was like a $25 Roblox prepaid card. An actual card for just specifically for Roblox. Yeah, like most most companies are making like, you know, Epic Game Store gift cards or Steam gift cards. But no, this is like just for Roblox, where some kid, I guess, probably wanted it and snuck it into the cart and it almost got it almost got out. Little Jimmy oh, almost got it. Dang, Jim. Dang, Jimbo. That's rough. Well, they need the gift cards because the famous Roblox oof, that that little kid saying oof. Got is that t- where that comes from? That's where that comes from. It comes from Ro- Roblox. But that got taken off of apparently it was a copyrighted sound okay. and it had to be taken down. But because it's so synonymous with Roblox, they put it back up, but you have to pay mm-hmm. for it. Oof is tr- it, there's a there's a copyright issue. Yeah, there was like a copyright issue with it. So they had to take it down and couldn't use it as the default oof. So there's now a different oof in place of that. But you can still get the OG <laughs> oof <laughs> oh my goodness. From, from their store, but you have to buy it. So I, that just blows my mind. I had no idea that the whole oof thing, because everyone started doing that. Yeah. Uh, every any, Anytime something goes wrong, it's always oof. Oof, yep. Yeah, but it's that, with the that, kids. that little kid oof. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. That's just how uh how much I guess it's a it's a part of uh it's part of our culture through memes. And we've yeah, never completed the game. <laughs> right. Popular with the kids. Yep. So number two and number one, kind of a disappointment, not really much to talk about because they're both um ten cent games. Um, Peacekeeper Elite and Honor of Kings. And again, I couldn't tell you the first thing about them aside from they are made by Tencent. Wow. Um, and Tencent kind of has a a reputation in the mobile gaming world uh, because they are notorious for creating games that really milk the user for money. Yeah. Uh, and give you like a gameplay loop that's just that, you know, they, they really find like the 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 perfection of that formula of like give you a good gameplay loop, but then start starving you of being able to do things mm. and start offering you, you know, hundred dollar loot boxes that, that solve problems that they created. Ugh. Um, yeah. And so it's, it, you know, it, they're also infamous for being the type of game where like, if you want to be competitive in the game, you've yeah, got to drop it. pay to win. Yeah. Um, literally. So, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. People are, are are paying money for it. So games like that will continue to get produced. Yeah. But I remember when I think it was Diablo Immortal. Um, one of the big reasons why people were upset about that game um, uh, as a mobile game was that Tencent had some hand in making it. So people automatically said, oh, well, it's going to be. You know, oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. They were it's, really yeah, upset about about the I mean, people are upset about microtransactions in general, but yeah. specifically for that one, that one was a big one. Yeah, the infamous uh, "Don't you all have phones?" line. That yes, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. I remember that. Don't you all? Have, yes, and we don't want to play that game on the phone. That's the problem. Right. Like in terms of just like like 
you know, public release events, like the notoriety of it, like it's the polar opposite of Keanu Reeves. You're all breathtaking. <laughs> Don't you all have phones? Oh, God. It's the polar opposite of it. Like, yeah, it's like the like, cringiest the thing since uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, it's like the cringiest one liner since uh, when the was a PS3 came out and Kaz Harai came out on on stage and was like, it's Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! I, I will say that I did miss E3 this year. It was that. Yeah, that's when you knew it was real because yeah. there was first of all nothing to show, and and I've we will talk about this in another podcast about just the the brevity and. The, all the pomp and circumstance that goes with E3, it's completely unnecessary, especially there could be, there's better money spent out there. Yeah. You know, and you it, could spend yeah. Mo, that type of money a lot better, more efficiently than putting on this giant show. Right. For, but at the same time, the other half of me is like, man, I really miss that. And I yeah. wish I could have seen these guys who were somewhat out of touch with gamers <laughs> try and connect yeah. with gamers. You know, I, I really wish I could have gone to one of those like, you know, peak like PS2 era um, E3s where like everybody had their own like pimped out station with like crazy lights and effects and models oh, yeah. and like lounge areas and like, wow. yeah, their whole... Their whole goal was just to like woo people over to try and talk about, you know, the the whatever whatever game they had. I mean, they you probably figure like a large portion of their marketing budget was just for whatever rig they had up in E3. Totally. And yeah, it was kind of a gut blow when because I know right to the bitter end they were trying to make it happen, and a couple things fell through, and then it just became like, yeah, there's not going to be on E3 this year. I do think that the the video game awards have done a pretty good job of kind of unofficially taking up that mantle because mm. I know this year's and last year's were kind of a big way of of reveals happening for games in between yeah. the awards. Um the awards are really actually a pretty small component compared to all the exclusive reveals and trailers. Um so it kind of seemed like the new kind of central place to see, you know, what was coming out. Was the um, Game Awards, yeah, which is but it's, interesting yeah. because I myself have got a big beef with award ceremonies in general. General, I think they're very politicized, and yeah. there's a lot of thing, a lot of games that I feel better deserve attention and might not get it. But at the same right. time, over the past couple of years, we haven't really gotten a lot of new games mm-hmm. that. I think really stand out and have stood the test of time other than maybe we've seen overwatch came out several years ago and Fortnite is kept very relevant, but there's not been something that's shaken up the console world. You know, I thought maybe that would be cyberpunk, but that kind of popped. That was just a, a big miss. So yeah, we have not seen a one-two punch that has shaken up the gaming industry quite like the, you know, the left hook of PUBG. Yeah. And that right, you know, TKO haymaker of Fortnite saying, "Hey, we can do that." 
Yeah. Um, yeah, we've just no one no one has has found that sweet spot yet. I, and I think that's why people are like myself are still playing Fortnite and are still so enthralled with Fortnite and love it or hate it. Fortnite is sending a message to the gaming world on how to build a gaming community and how to do licensing. Licensing, I think, is really going to be the game changer moving forward with microtransactions or DLC, whatever you want to call it, in purchase or in game purchasing, because there's so much you can do with licensed content. And it's not that Fortnite has created this world that can accept licensed content in terms of different skins, but just the idea that maybe licensed content is worth pursuing in terms of additions to a game that are really going to submerge the user into this real world type of feeling yeah like you get when you play grand theft auto and you hear real world songs in the game Mm -hmm. it feels real or maybe it's perhaps using licensed guns in call of duty or uh, specific clothing in another game those types of things are really going to change the way gaming and microtransactions are done yeah, you know, it, I think the 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 coolest thing that Fortnite has done for the gaming industry is, well, I mean, so many things, but it, the one that resonates the most with me are the live events. Oh wow! There's yeah. nothing else like them out there. The marshmallow concert, or even just like the end of season events where interesting things happen on the map. Obviously, the craziness that was the end of the first season with uh, the black hole and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how long do we stare at that for? Um, <laughs> Several days. Yeah. I remember like having it on my screen for like hours afterwards and 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 my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, there's numbers popping up. What do they mean? What do they mean? What does it all mean? Yeah. What's that uh always sunny in Philadelphia meme where he's like trying to put together, <laughs> piece all the things yeah. together? <laughs> Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> Yeah, he's exactly. trying. To, he's trying to find where we things pop. Pepe Sylvia is not real. Oh, yeah. I love Always Sunny, but uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's you know, Fortnite is uh, is a, is a powerhouse, and I think we're we're still waiting to see what topples it as the next big uh, the next big craze. You have smaller like microcosms like Among Us, but you know that style of game is never gonna you know reach that that level. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, great. So I think that's uh, probably a good stopping point for today. We do have some other articles, but I think we can uh, we can always save those for uh, another time. Totally. Until next time, for Bruno, I'm Nick. And for Nick, I'm Bruno. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace out. What it do.